The following podcast series was recorded between January and December of 2015. Originally hosted on the Horophilia Podcast Network, it has now transitioned to the Podcast Under the Stairs Collective. Myself and Andy Blockley would like to extend our gratitude once again to Jason Lloyd at the Horophilia Podcast Network for giving this podcast an opportunity to stay on that network for a couple of years and accumulate hundreds of downloads and great communication with legions of fans. The next instalment of the Doing the Nasty podcast looking at the DPP third tier movie list will start January 2020. Duncan McLeish will be joined by Mark Ball who will be replacing Andy Blockley on this podcast and will release one episode each month covering two films from the Tier 3 DPP video nasty list. But until that season drops, please enjoy these archives. They were called nasties and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect adults as well. An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen the video, mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film. Welcome back to another episode of Doing the Nasty Podcast. This is episode number five. I am your co-host, one of your hosts on the show, Duncan McLeish from the podcast Under the Stairs. I am joined by the co-host with the most, Mr. Andy Blockley from Big Horror and Little Podcast. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm really good, thanks, mate. And uh, by the time this drops, there will be a new episode. Dear God. So no. it's no longer a myth. It's reality now. Don't believe it. I, 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 I said hell would have frozen over and I would have seen pigs fly before no. we saw another one of those episodes come out. <laughs> Lucky number seven. <laughs> Lucky number seven. Oh my God, I can't wait. I can't wait. And I, I know what the topic is. Um, yeah. And I know for a fact everyone out there is going to fucking love that show. So um, make sure that you post that on the, the Doing the Nasty Facebook page uh, when it drops my man and people need to go yeah. check out that show. Will do, dude. Cheers. Shameless self-plugging right at the fucking start. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Um, so, yep. uh, this is episode number five. Uh, I hope you've been enjoying our previous episodes. Uh, feedback has been great. Uh, we have listeners who are tackling the nasty list along with us. And we had a competition, which um, somehow these two really strange hands took over our Facebook page and announced the winner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so congratulations to David Payton for uh, winning Andy Blockley's very own copy of uh, Cannibal Apocalypse. Yeah, the uh, underwear's optional. We'll have to ask him if he wants dirty <laughs> underwear or not. <laughs> Who doesn't want dirty underwear? I mean, that's he a, doesn't want dirty underwear. That's a, that's a given. Uh, so yeah, on this episode, we are bringing you another three from the infamous prosecuted list with reviews of 1972's The Cannibal Man, uh, 1980's Devil Hunter and 1981's uh, Don't Go Into The Woods Alone. Um, as now, it was known in America, you know what? don't go in the woods here. <laughs> what? I was just going to say, like last week was meant to be the cannibal episode, but this week is basically the cannibal episode part two. We've got a couple of bandwagon cannibal movies. <laughs> 
haven't <laughs> yeah. we? Yeah, like, one... The Cannibal Man isn't a cannibal film. And uh, Devil Hunt, well, we'll talk about Devil Hunt when it comes to, but yeah, these are basically bandwagon cannibal movies apart from uh, Don't Go in the Woods. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Don't Go in the Woods is the, uh, is the only one which is kind of bucking the trend, the recent trend of cannibal movies. Uh, yeah. And yeah, like you say, Cannibal Man, not a cannibal movie. Surprise, nope. surprise. Um, so, uh, I think what, what we'll do at the start here is we will cover a bit of, a bit of breaking news, actually. This week, um, some news came out from the BBFC. Now, those that have been listening to the show will know that the BBFC is the body in um, the UK which uh, puts out classifications uh, to to movies. Um, They're the ones that decide very much like the MPAA in America. They decide what rating a movie should have. They're also primarily responsible for a lot of the the issues which kind of surrounded the whole video nasties incident. And... um, They've, let's see. T- times have been kind recently. There there aren't any very many movies anyway that have been met with uh, with being banned in the UK uh, in recent memory. However, this week um, they officially banned a movie. Which my God! So um, yeah, they're still at it. Yeah, they're still right. at it. So so let me let me give you a bit of information on this. Um, so on Monday the second of March twenty fifteen, the BBFC announced um, that Hate Crime, the first release in a new joint VOD venture between Geekblog Nerdly dot co dot uk and the horror t- uh, the horror show dot tv, has officially been banned in the UK. It was one of only four movies officially refused classification by the BBFC since two thousand and nine. The others being grotesque, the bunny game, and the human centipede two. Later released with nearly three minutes of cuts. Uh, that's a human centipede too, that is. Um, yeah. Set to be the first release under the new Nerdly Presents banner, Hate Crime tells the story of a Jewish family having arrived in a new neighbourhood who are recording their youngest son's birthday party celebrations on video when their home is suddenly invaded by a bunch of crystal meth crazed neo-Nazi lunatics. Um, Amazing. Yeah, this film is the second feature from director James Cullen, a Brezak, a Brezak a, who has previously done movies like Two Jennifer, Blood Lake, and Thirteen, 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 um, and has already been given a successful release in the US, uh, reviewed favorably, favorably by the likes of Bloody Disgusting, More Horror, and even the UK's very own. Starburst magazine. Um, so <clears throat> I'm going to very quickly read out the full statement from the BBFC, and then I think we need to talk about this, Andy. So <clears throat> yeah, the official statement says: Hate crime focuses focuses on the terrorism, mutilation, and physical and sexual abuse and murder of the members of a Jewish family by the neo-Nazi thugs who invaded their home. The physical and sexual abuse and violence are accompanied by constant, strong verbal racial abuse. Little context is provided for this violence beyond an on-screen statement at the end of the film that the two attackers who escaped, and this is a huge spoiler by the way, were subsequently apprehended and that the one surviving family member was released from 
captivity. We have considered the attempt at the end to position the film as against hate crime, but it find it so unconvincing that it only makes matters worse. The BBFC's guidelines on violence state that any depiction of sadistic or sexual violence which is likely to pose a harm risk will be subject to the intervention through classification, cuts or even, as a last resort, refusal to classify. We may refuse to classify content which makes sexual or sadistic violence look appealing or acceptable, or invites viewers uh, complicity in sexual violence or other harmful violent activities. We are also unlikely to classify content which is deemed or uh, which is demeaning or degrading to human dignity. For example, it consists of strong abuse, torture, death without any significant mitigating factors that may pose a harmful risk. Um, it is the board's careful consideration and conclusion that the unremitting manner in which hate crime focuses on physical and sexual abuse, aggravated by racial incentive, means that to issue a classification to this work, even if it confines to adults, would be inconsistent with the board's guidelines, would risk, uh, would risk potential, uh, potential harm and would be unacceptable to the board's opinion. And this is the final statement. Of course, the board will seek to deal with such concerns by means of cuts or other modifications where this is a feasible option. However, under the heading of refusal to classify, our guidelines state that um, as a last resort, the BBFC may refuse to classify a work in line with the objective of preventing non-trivial um, harm risks to potential viewers and through their behaviour to society. We may do so. so uh, we may do so, for example, where the central concept of the work is unacceptable, such as the standards focused on sexual or sadistic violence. Beyond refusing classification, we will consider whether the problems could be adequately addressed through the intervention such as cuts. The board considered whether it con uh, concerns could be dealt with through cuts. However, given that the fact that the unacceptable content runs throughout the work, cuts are not a viable option in this case. The work is therefore refused a classification. So, um, very, very quickly, I will say that the director of the movie says, uh, and surprise, surprise, uh, go, Andy, go and tell me if this doesn't sound like what we've been talking about for weeks now. The director yeah. says, I'm honoured to know that my, my mind is officially too twisted for the UK. So it goes. I find it unbelievable that a film that shows little to no on-screen violence no nudity was actually banned. It just shows the power of what is implied and people's imaginations. And it is a yeah. testament to the fact that the same crimes will happen in the world, which are truly horrifying. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, here we are again, eh? I mean, the, the BBSC have certainly covered their back. I went to make a cup of tea while you were reading that out. I mean, oh, fucking hell, yeah. Comprehensive. The size, of the, the size of the statement there. I mean, I don't really know... It, it's just ridiculous. I mean, for the filmmaker, it's the best publicity he could have hoped for. So yeah. he probably can't believe his luck. Um, and in this day and age, all that banning a movie is going to do is make more and more people want to see it, push it underground, and it just, you know, yeah. everyone's going to be downloading it instead, which is a shame for the guy whose film it is because he's probably not going to make any money because people are going to be getting illegal copies. But Well, this is exactly, this is exactly the point. Um, a, a fairly new contributor to our Facebook page, uh, James Peter Cox, um, was the was the first one to comment when we posted it, saying, "Oh, how can we possibly see it in the UK now?" Winky smiley yeah. face. I mean, of course, that's all it does. I mean, for for the BBFC to think that this does anything other than forces people to illegally download the movie, 
Um, and see, anyway, all you've done is you've basically given this movie a badge of honour, um, I mean, which you have done to a couple of the movies we're going to be talking about tonight, which certainly yeah. did not, and I'm spoiling this, certainly did not need to be on the fucking nasty list. So, no. um, yeah, just a really weird... Like, it it blows mean, my mind that there's been four films banned since 2009. Yeah, I mean, it's something like the human centipede is so fucking ridiculous. I mean, it's got some brutal stuff in it. Yeah. But I mean, come on, for fuck's sake now. This is like 2015. I don't really know what they're doing. Like, it doesn't sound to me like that film is glorifying hate crime in any way. No. You know, I mean, it's, it's probably it's the same people that thought train spotting glorified taking heroin. Yep. Now, train spotting does not glorify drugs, and a lot of people <laughs> thought it did. So, if you fucking seen that film, it's a, it's the, it's an anti-drug fucking advert. Yeah, but. yeah. There's no one, no one that takes drugs in that movie or has an addiction is portrayed as being glamorous. No, I mean, there's people, you know, he, he takes a couple of E's on his night out and stuff, and you know, the the, the more recreational kind of party drugs aren't you know aren't shown in too bad a light, but the heroin. I can't imagine anything worse. Like one guy gets AIDS, somebody's baby dies, someone ends up in prison. It's like there's nothing good about that. And yeah. this film, like, I mean, I know there's a lot of political tension in this country at the minute, um, so they're probably worried about copycats. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's it's just a bit fucking archaic. I don't really know why this is still happening. To be honest, yeah. um, I I imagine the film's probably not that bad. I mean, like you say, from from what I had a quick look at a review earlier, and they are saying that most of the violence is implied. Yeah. And although, in my opinion, like implied violence a lot of the time is worse than what you see. Agreed. But surely, implied violence doesn't. You, you can't count that, can you? When you well, send them. Surely you can't count what you don't see. Yeah, but it's not even that, though. My, like, see if we both sit down and both see someone have their head chopped off on screen. Both of us have seen the same thing. If it's yeah. implied, my feelings on what has happened, like my imagination, is different from your imagination. Yeah. You could have a far more twisted imagination in that setting than I do, so it affects you more than it affects me. Yeah, it's open to, it's open to interpretation. Yeah. So... It's almost like the censor. It's almost like they're saying, "Well, we won't make you. We won't let you make your own mind up. We're going to basically censor your fucking imagination." It's like, and come on. What, what does that? What does that remind you of? That very statement that um, these movies were okay to be seen by intellectuals on the nasty list, but it was the average yeah. working man who who didn't go to university. You know, those were the ones that were susceptible. I, I mean, it's never changed. You think no. about it now. We're in two thousand and fifteen. But were what 30, 30 odd years removed from from the the the, the nasty scandal, also, also we thought, yeah, and we're we're yeah we're essentially still in the same place. Uh, so I thought that was quite interesting news to to, to drop at the start of the show. However, it is, it's, uh, perfect for us that. <laughs> yeah, it was almost as if they knew, almost as if they yeah. knew we were recording this week, Andy. Um, however, what we are going to do is we're gonna we're going to discuss some movies on this show which is what you've really tuned in for I dare say you couldn't give two tiny rats asses about our opinions on the the classification system in the UK you do want to hear us talk about some movies so we're going to take a very short break um, you're going to hear a promo for a show on the network that's Horophilia for those out there that are listening um, and uh, when we return we're going to be dis- uh, discussing the first movie review of this show which is 1972's the Cannibal Man. We're going to be right back after this. 
There are many mysteries in this world, and whether you believe or not believe, we gather to explore the strange and unexplained, where the paranormal is normal, and nothing tastes like chicken. We are Mysterious Boom! Exclusively on the Horophilia Network of Podcasts. Strangely enough, even though the film starts with the slaughter, we don't see any more slaughter. And so I think with the English title of the film and also with the fact that it opens with a kind of stock footage of bulls being slaughtered, we're being set up for something that may well seem to be quite gratuitous. And perhaps you could argue that the um, censors saw that opening scene, saw the title Cannibal Man and thought this is immediately going to be a horribly gratuitous and um, offensive film. But actually, as the story unravels, those those setup elements really don't quicken to a fulfilment of any kind of um, blood uh, desire that we may have to be fulfilled. The cannibal man living in today's jungle kills for his freedom. Discover his unique way of disposing of the bodies. A river of blood is created by the cannibal man. Does this man discover the dark secrets of the cannibal man? Cannibal Man soon comes to this theatre. And welcome back. So, uh, the first movie review of this show, you just heard some folk talking about why it was banned and why it shouldn't have been banned, um, came out in 1972. Um, the movie was uh, originally called La Semana de Asinio, um, and then was later called The Cannibal Man, which is not a translation, by the way. They just called it The Cannibal Man. Um, <clears throat> the synopsis for said movie. A young man, Marco, working as a butcher, accidentally kills a taxi driver. His girlfriend, Paula, wants to go to the police, so he has to kill her too. Then uh, he has to kill his brother, his brother's fiance, and his father, who have all become suspicious. He gets rid of the bodies by taking them to a slaughterhouse. Um, yeah, that, that's what happens in this movie. Not necessarily I think that does credit what this movie's about um, so it was directed by Eloy de Iglesia and um, yeah right so I watched this movie and yeah. I will say that I did enjoy it um, this was not what I was expecting because if you see the front cover of this movie the front cover of this movie uh, especially on the DVD that's been released um, by Blue Underground um is a man with a hatchet in his face, and his face is right in the middle of his face. It's very bloody and very gory. Um, This doesn't do justice to what happens in the movie. So essentially what we have is this this guy, Marco, uh, who is working in an an abattoir, which prepares meat for a local soup, um, which is apparently very popular in their area of Spain. Um, he's quite a reserved guy. He looks quite. He's actually quite a strange guy, to be honest with you. Um, a bit detracted, and uh, he is out on a date with his girlfriend, and um, they have a altercation with a taxi driver. The taxi driver gets incredible. Yeah, who he's is a, a dickhead? 
Yeah, that's what I thought. You know, when I was watching that, I was like, I wouldn't feel guilty about that. That, to me, is self-defence. The taxi driver yeah. attacked you. Fuck so, <laughs> the taxi driver attacks first Marco and then his girlfriend, Paula. Um, and when he starts doing that, uh, Marco picks up a stone, smacks it on the back of the taxi driver's head, and the worst worst smacking of a head with a stone. He and places it on his head, really. Yeah, he places <laughs> him and pushes him. It's fucking awful. Uh, with, with, the, with the really terrible sort of sound effect. Yeah. Um, kind of pushes him over. Uh, which, you know, they, at first, well, they run away thinking that the taxi driver will be okay. Later comes out that he's died. Um, Paula's guilt starts kind of getting the better of her. She wants to go to the police. She confronts Marco. Marco decides that he can't have that not up in here, um, and Marco Ooh. kills Paula to cover up this. And then basically what that starts is a chain reaction of events which lead basically to Marco killing anyone that becomes slightly suspicious of the fact that he has murdered someone. So, he gets a bit paranoid, let's say. <laughs> yeah, he gets incredibly paranoid. His brother comes around to visit, and because his brother asks one too many questions, it kills his brother. And then the fiancé <laughs> shows up, and then because she wants to go into the brother's room, which, once again, if you've got dead bodies in your house, why, why, are, they, why are they still in your house? You know, Get some magic trees hanging up at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do like what they do in Seven. Just have a room yeah. full of magic trees. Um, you know, why, why keep it in the bedroom? He keeps it in his own, his own brother's bedroom. So when the girlfriend yeah. wants to go in, uh, when the fiancé wants to go in there, he says no. And then she says, oh, this is fucking brilliant, she says, oh, I need, a, I need a glass of water and an aspirin. So he goes off in another room, kind of thinking, oh, she won't go into that room that she's standing right beside. I mean, it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? So when he comes back, he has to kill her. Um, and then, yeah, by, by this point, he's like, I'm too far gone. The father shows up, he kills the father. Um, meanwhile, there's this guy who lives in a very posh apartment block beside his, who is, oh, let's go out and say, is a homosexual. He is, and he yeah. constantly, he's constantly hitting on our man, Marco. Although Marco, I am assuming, doesn't pick up on the gay vibes. He's, his gaydar is switched off. Um, <laughs> and he keeps dropping things at the conversation, which... Uh, once again, I don't know. Marco will kill anyone that remotely asks, you know, why are you so glum? He's like, oh, they're onto me. I need to kill them. Yet this guy, <laughs> this guy basically says everything other than get rid of the bodies. He pretty much says everything implied in between. And Marco doesn't seem to pick up on this. Uh, yeah. So uh, basically, he gets to the point where he needs to start disposing of the bodies. He works in an abattoir, of course. So, um, and this is the only bit that could be remotely seen as being cannibalistic he starts taking body parts to his work and disposing them in the meat grinder which ultimately puts the meat into the soup so and uh, we get that great scene of him sitting in the cafe uh, that he goes to every day that cafe purposely doesn't serve the soup from the company that he works in and he loves going there because of that and he's sitting eating the soup and as he's just he's started taking a couple of mouthfuls and she comes across and says you must really like that soup you know we, we decided to serve the one from your company and he his face goes chalk white you know kind of claws outside throws up um, he's, he's appalled which once again not a great advertisement for the company you're working in <laughs> not really yeah if I worked for Heinz and someone put down baked beans in front of me and I took a couple of spoonfuls and then started retching and running out the room, you know, that may be saying something. Beans, beans, Heinz. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So he basically, he ends up 
up at his posh friend's house, um, and then all the pieces start to come together when this guy has said basically what he does in his spare time is look through his binoculars at the world happening, and from his position he can see directly into Marco's house. Marco ah. gets paranoid that he starts piecing together all the phrases which are obvious um, in a kind of montage sequence of, and then he tries to kill this guy but doesn't, um, and then kind of says, "I know what I have to do." He walks down to the nearest phone box, picks up the phone, phones the police, tells the police to come and pick him up. We jump back to where his friend is. His friend is looking through his binoculars, down at the phone box to see Marco waiting on the police. Camera pulls out. Credits. He's annoyed because so, now he's got no chance because he's in <laughs> prison. He's thinking, oh, fuck. He was thinking to himself, I should have got arrested. There's lots of action in prison for men. Um, he's going to end up having like a, an arsehole like a windsock. Um, oh, Oh, so oh, graphic, graphic, like a wizard sleeve, um, like a giant That's yawning graphic hippo. Thing said, though, like, there's nothing graphic in the film, is there, particularly? Well, this is, yeah, the, the, thing, the thing about the film, which is, uh, the film opens with cattle being blooded, um, and, you know, they're already dead, it's an abattoir, but we're seeing them being drained of blood and being cut up. That's yeah. the most graphic thing that happens in the movie. Um, I think yeah. the movie is has, has been kind of unfairly lumped in here for a couple of reasons one they marketed like they did with a lot of these movies Andy with a ridiculous front cover which just attracts yeah. attention <laughs> you know what I mean um, if, if you, if the you original want... name isn't Cannibal Man is it no it's, what is, uh, it's um, I can't remember if it's, it's actual translation uh, means week of the killer because everything happens week of the in, yeah everything yeah. happens or... within a week okay so, basically, so basically, this is like it's hard to talk about this movie in a way which makes it sound brutal because it's really fucking not. Um, no, it's it's basically a character's descent into some sort of psychosis over a week, but the way it's handled is very slow paced and very. Brooding. It's a very brooding film, um, and obviously yeah. it's kind of it, there's there's a lot of things covered. I don't necessarily think it covers any of them particularly well. Um, there is like a clear, clear point of the finger wagging of the finger at the the kind of Franco regime, which was you know was prominent in in Spain and all the rest. And that at one point, one of our characters gets stopped by officials. The, the, the gay guy gets stopped by officials and asks for yeah. his papers, which he can't produce. So they, 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 they start giving him a bit of hassle until eventually the barman comes over and says, oh, I know this man, he lives in he lives in that nice block of flats up there. And they're like, ah. And they obviously see that the block of flats is money. There's a lot of money okay. there. So yeah. they, let him, they let him go, basically, let him off. Where you know for a fact if he'd lived in the slums like our main character, Marco, he would have been taken to jail, probably beaten yeah. up. Maybe shot in the back of the head. Not wanting to cast aspersions on the Franco regime, but um, <laughs> Franco. You know, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it, it kind of tries to toy with a couple of things like that. Um, with, with the, the idea of of what it was like in in Franco run Spain. Um, I don't necessarily think it does it particularly well, but mm. I, I, I quite like the fact that this this does feel like a nineteen seventies 
sort of grindhouse movie. I, I mean, yeah. that's ultimately, it doesn't feel like, a, it's not a horror movie. Um, no. it, it's a grindhouse movie. It's, you know, mm. it's basically a guy killing people. I have seen so many worse movies <laughs> than this one in terms of the kill. I mean, the we'll see by... Same yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> or the last one. See when, we go, uh, see when we go to talk about Don't Go in the Woods Alone. And, oh, okay. I mean, the, the, the blatant killing on the screen. I could understand someone saying, oh, this is quite graphic, because mindless violence and all the rest. This is not handled it this way. There are movies which have... There are movies like Deep Red, for example, you know, the, the Argento movie, or any really yeah. of the, those animal trilogies, uh, which are more physically violent, which for some yeah. reason aren't banned. I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, I mean, what, what, what were your thoughts about this movie? I mean, it's it, what, what, guys, what did you, what did you think? For me, like the reason this is on the list is because they've changed it to the Cannibal Man, haven't they? Just to cash in on the cold Cannibal Holocaust thing, like a lot of other people did. Like you say, they've put a really kind of provocative front cover on that's going to make people rent it, mm. and it just doesn't live up to it. If you were picking this movie off of the front cover and the name, you'd be very disappointed, wouldn't you? Yeah, um, definitely. Just because, you know, I mean, you pretty much covered the plot. Um, you know, like you say, it's a guy that kind of, he doesn't mean to kill that taxi driver at the beginning, but, you know, the taxi driver kind of knees him in the balls, then starts slapping his missus around. So you can understand why he does what he does. Um, yeah, pushes him over with a rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just touches him on the head with a rock. But, you know, and then... He, he just gets a taste for it, doesn't he? Um, yeah. He goes a bit crazy for a week, sort of, you know, a bit like Driller Killer kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but not as good. And then uh, just has a guilty conscience at the end and hands himself in. It's just, it's like a, like you say, it's just a bit of a kind of grindhouse character study. It's definitely not a nasty movie. It's definitely not a horror film. Yeah. Um, most of the gore isn't really seen on screen. I mean, like you say, the worst thing is hanging a cow upside down and, and cutting its throat open yeah, is kind of the most the not, not, yeah not a not a live cow a dead cow so I mean, yeah so it is not yeah so we're not going cannibal holocaust here you know this is just uh, basically what happens every single day of the week in an abattoir um, and that's kind of as bad as it gets um, so there's not a lot you can say I don't know if I'd really recommend this film it's not a bad watch I'd, I'd say it's probably it's worth a watch if you've got a spare yeah. hour and yeah, a half it's, it's, it's not it's not interested. poorly made yeah. It's, it's not poorly no, I mean, I mean, if you're interested this, in 70s yeah I mean in Sorry, comparison to other movies that we've already seen on this list I mean this movie is the godfather in comparison to you know like movies like Axe you know this is a really well made yeah. movie that's I think that's the thing like mm. Iglesia has made an extremely well made movie um, which I don't think intends to be gory or shocking or anything I think he is purposely trying to point the finger towards the, the Franco regime of of Spain and kind of, this is this guy will go to extreme lengths to avoid any police involvement because the police are corrupt in this country as well so he's, he's killing people, he's doing what he thinks is rationally in his head but he's, his character is so fragile in the way that he is through finding out that first killing and not wanting to be caught that he's basically going out of his way to cover his tracks and that means yeah. killing more people, any people, the people he cares about the most. It's all his family, um, and yeah, mm. I think I think that's I think I think it's a, I think it's a, a very well made film. Um, if yeah. you are into European cinema, like European cinema in general, especially seventies European cinema, I would say give this one a watch. 
if you're not necessarily yeah, yeah. into that at all, don't watch it. And the dubbing is really bad. That's one thing that I, the oh, dubbing in this movie pretty fucking poor. So yeah, yeah. So so Andy, let me ask you now, my friend. Um, would this get a slap on the wrists? Would it do some community service, or would it get a hard time? Slap on the wrists from me. This nothing yeah. more. I think I'm going to. I can, um, to yeah, I can. I can relate to his paranoia, right? If you, if you ever, see, I don't know if you've seen the film The Iceman. Um, yes. But I've, uh, you know, the Richard Kuklinski thing. Well, in the book, basically, he got to the point where he was so paranoid that anyone that hired him for a killing would also be killed after the job was done. So there was no witnesses. <laughs> yeah. So like the, um, so the copper at the end. You know the guy that goes undercover at the end to catch him. Yeah. He said, if I hadn't been arrested, you'd be dead because yeah. any any person I did a freelance job for, I had to kill them as well because there's no loose ends. So you can kind of, you know, I, I kind of get that. You know, I can uh, relate to the whole paranoia thing, but it's just funny in this film that he literally kills everyone that's any possibility of telling, <laughs> of kind of telling on him. Or, or the they, people in, that like, are, are very, like to help him. That's the thing, his brother's like yeah, to help, help him. him. <laughs> I know, so family members too. Yeah, so he's um, you know just going wild on everybody. There's no way he's not applying any kind of filter. He's just going crazy. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean it's it's a slap on the wrist. It's pretty tame stuff, and uh, I certainly don't think it should have been on the list. What do you think? Yeah, no way, no way should this be on the list. Like I say, I've seen plenty of seventies cinema, which is far more graphic and far more violent, and you know far more intense. In this movie, this movie is is an interesting little thriller, um, like I say, with aspirations of being, uh, you know, a movie which has a bit of a, a stock and kind of social political commentary of like political yeah. things that happened in Spain. It's, it should not have been on the list. So, no. um, well, let's 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 take a short break and let's hear another promo, and then let's hear some more learned words about our next movie, uh, which is the second movie by uh, Jesus Franco, which we've talked about yeah. in the show, the previous one being uh, Bloody Moon. Um, and this mm-hmm. one, remember remember when we were talking about Franco, we were like basically saying, yeah, you know, the guy obviously had his roots in erotic cinema. And then we watched <laughs> like Bloody Moon, and there was not a lot of eroticism in that movie. It's probably because he'd done it all in this movie. <laughs> he saved it for this one, mate. Fucking hell. Yeah. So, yeah, floppy tits and cocks coming up right after this break. We're going to be right back after this. My name is X. And I'm Cootie. Please consider us your high priest. And priestess. Of satanic cinema. Join us on our podcast, Kiss the Goat, which will drag your soul through some of the finest. And worst. Devil movies of the last 50 years. Devils and demons, exorcisms and possessions, cults and rituals, dogs and cats living together. Is that a devil movie? Maybe. Sort of. I don't know, babe. We'll talk about it later. Join us on the Horrorphilia Podcast Network every other week as we don our hoods and cloaks and kiss kiss the the goat. It's a hell of a good time. I knew you were going to say that. Of course you did. It's in the script. This is one of the rarest of the video nasties. It's one of the ones that changes hands for the most crazy amounts of money. I think four or five hundred pounds wouldn't be unusual. And uh, Devil Hunter, again, it's a rather untypical Jess Franco title. He's not very fond of it. It's got a cannibal theme. Essentially, it's kind of a response, very, very low budget and rather oblique 
uh, tangential response to films like Cannibal Holocaust. Characters just kind of pop up as if they're going to do something important and then just kind of wander off again, having done nothing at all. And there's no sense of development. The plot is very, very threadbare, and, and, and there are times when, for minutes on end, you're thinking, what's actually happening? What's, what, what am I actually watching? What's, what's, you know, <laughs> what's happening here? I don't really understand this film. Uh, so it's, it's kind of fun at that level. What's the reason for your visit here, Miss Crawford? We're checking out locations for our next film. Who are you? What do you want from me? Get out of here once! He won't come up with the dough. He couldn't care less about her. He'll pay, you can bet your life he'll pay. Why don't we send him a piece of her? That'll convince him to pay up. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) That's our island. There's a tribe in the area. They sacrifice human beings. The victims are usually young girls, and they eat their hearts. And welcome back. Okay, so this is film number two of the evening. This is Devil Hunter. Um, This is going to be our second movie, like Duncan says, by Jesus Franco. Now, unlike our previous movie, where the director obviously did want to make, you know, something of a a Spanish movie that he wanted to be proud of, probably, um, Franco, in this particular instance, was specifically told by his producers to make a cannibal movie because Cannibal of course did quite well so they said can you knock us out a cannibal movie you went yeah no problem I'll do that so this was made in 1980 um, same year as Cannibal Holocaust released in November 81 and then added to our famous list quite a while later actually um, in August 1984 um, presumably after somebody found it it's still banned today this one um, I mean they should have called it Emmanuel in the Jungle <laughs> Rather than Devil Hunter, uh, because that is basically what it is. If you've ever seen an Emmanuel movie, um, probably more tits in this, to be honest. Um, I mean, it, it, it's, this is a, just another one. Like I said, it's the blatant cannibal bandwagon. Um, starts off with a blonde woman being... I mean, it's so bizarre, this fucking film. I don't know where to start. It's, it starts with a blonde woman being driven through the city, like waving at everyone like she's the fucking Queen of England. Um, and that's like interspliced with the capturing of a tribeswoman in the jungle. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of keeps chopping, chopping backwards and forwards between that. I mean, she turns out to be a film star, this blonde woman. What do you reckon the costume budget was on this? <laughs> well, I know for a fact that the, the, the budget on trying to get tribespeople that all looked like tribespeople and didn't look like white hippies... Um, <laughs> Like, <laughs> oh, dude, there's so much. There's I so mean, much there, there, this movie which there's so much nudity in this. It's unbelievable. But I mean, to call this movie like incoherent doesn't even come close to doing it. Just, 
the director for some reason keeps showing us his totem pole and then we get like to see like the weird human incarnation of the totem pole he's just like a black guy who's like really athletic looking with like ping pong balls where his eyes should be uh-huh. um, I mean in the burning we got cropsy vision didn't we and in this one we get like ping pong ball vision oh my god yeah this is so, yeah. same kind of thing it's just whenever this like crazy uh, kind of I don't know what he's meant to be like a demon kind of thing whenever we see him on the screen it's just like the lens has been smeared with Vaseline um, the blonde ends up in the jungle I'm not really sure how they basically knock her out by spraying hairspray in her face <laughs> yeah <laughs> really fucking bizarre um i mean then, then it's kind of she's just in the jungle then the next scene i mean we get a we get a rape scene um but she kind of gets raped by one a captor um, it turns out that they're holding this girl to ransom because she's like an actress um and like a couple of guys like go to save her. i mean we we basically meet at this point like her savior which is like porn tash guy <laughs> And his mate, who I've called Accent Man, right? Because he basically is a cross between Sean Connery and Ringo Starr. <laughs> I don't know what fucking accent that's supposed to be. It's the weirdest accent I've ever heard. Like, porn tash guy and accent guy go for the double cross, which I think is fucking risky business when you've flown out to the Amazon or wherever they are yep. um, with a suitcase full of paper. I mean, this obviously goes wrong. Um but then kind of not much happens. It's fucking weird. It's like having a conversation with someone who's taking a lot of drugs and they just keep going wildly off topic and then like coming back to what they were saying and then just going wildly off topic again. Yeah. It's mental. Like, I've never seen so many crash zooms. The director just thinks he needs to zoom in really fast on stuff. <laughs> like, to be fair, like, in its defense, the scenery is really nice to look at. It's all real mountains. It's real jungle and real Amazon and all that. Um, and plenty of boobs like I've seen pornographic films with less nudity in than this yeah it's fucking mental um, you've just got like a scene of like naked women just writhing and dancing for about 15 minutes which is like 14 minutes longer than any 15 year old would need watching this movie oh my god yes you imagine um, I mean, we even get a camera zooming in on a woman who's on all fours, and we get the camera basically goes up her ass, and you can see what she had for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> Insane. And then, like, Franco, at least he's not sexist because we get some cock as well. Don't we? Because, like, the, the tribesman guy with the ping pong ball eyes has just got his knob out the whole time. Yeah, because I, I had to do a bit of internet research here, Andy, because I didn't know. Because the guy's circumcised, and I thought. There's no way African tribes circums you know circumcision can't be a thing there. Turns out it is. Right. Well, do you know I was going to call. I was, was going to call bullshit on it straight away and say, <laughs> not 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 only not only is our 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 demonically possessed demon tribesmen sporting a you know a, a circumcised bobby, um, but at the same time he's he's kind of he's kind of stomping about he's like the million dollar man, the six million dollar man. Oh God, yeah, he's loving it. Every everything every time he walks it goes It's <laughs> 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 like we can build him more tribes money, more circumstances. <laughs> every time he's on screen there's just weird like noises and shit as well, like people moaning and groaning. It's so fucking bizarre. <laughs> Do you know what? Talking of like um tribes people being circumcised, when I was in Australia, I heard this story because we went to the, I went on this like excursion and there was this really steep like rock face. Uh-huh. 
And the story was that when the, basically the Aboriginal tribes, when they came of age and got to about 14 years, they had to scale this almost vertical cliff face, which was like infested with poisonous spiders, poisonous snakes. It was really treacherous, like easily to fall to your death. And basically you had to do this to prove you're a man at like 14. If you manage to scale the sheer vertical rock face without dying, your reward at the top was to be circumcised by two sharp rocks. <laughs> so. I would still be a child in that country, Andy. No, no, you wouldn't know, Duncan, because the option is you either climb up that thing and fall and die, or you get circumcised. That's literally your two options. And I thought, fucking hell, like that's mental. Jesus. That's no reward, is it? So you're forced to climb this thing. You have to climb it. And, in, and unless you fall and die, you're getting your fucking knob chopped by two razor sharp bits of granite. It's, it's kind of like the it's kind of like the male equivalent, or uh, kind of the male equivalent in in the UK or in Salem of you're a witch. We're gonna we're gonna tie you a chair and dunk you underwater, and if you're drowned, then we apologise. You're not a witch, but if you float to the top, we're burning you to death. Yay! Exactly. Mental, isn't it? Like, what the hell? So, yeah, this uh, obviously does go on quite a bit in the in the tribes thing. And I mean, apart from that, though, this film is literally like it's playing in slow motion. I wanted to give it a kick up the arse. Yeah. Like, apparently, Franco had to pad this out to make it an hour and forty. Why? <laughs> Why? Don't pad it out. Make it an hour ten and be done with it. Why are we padding it out? Because that is literally what this film is, isn't it? It's padding. Yeah. Like, I mean, and then like by the end, the blonde nearly gets sacrificed. Porn Tash guy saves it, and then he has to wrestle with the naked black guy. Mm-hmm. It was just as him in a full Nelson for about five minutes, and he's just like banging him against the rock with his naked ass. It's just, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> um, like he kills him, they escape, and then the woman who he rescues, a bit like Jenny on Commando, just instantly forgets the horrendous ordeal she's just been through within seconds, and is like all happy again. Yeah. And uh, apart from like the gratuitous tits and fannies on show, I think the only reason this really makes the list is a woman supposedly getting a labby a bit and off, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's probably why. Um, did you know, there's a brilliant bit of trivia for you, because this is badly dubbed, this movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of the male characters are apparently dubbed by the same voice actor. <laughs> Which is brilliant in Family Guy and The Simpsons, but not so good here. <laughs> I just think I was I watched this movie and um, I kind of thought I kind of when I got to the end of it I was like I I I don't un- I don't understand what this movie is actually aiming to be because Good, on, just neither do I because <laughs> it, it was it was kind of it was in this country in the UK when it was put forward as Devil Hunter um, it was put forward as not like a a nasty movie, or you know, a, a horror movie, or anything like that, it was, or an exploitation movie. It was kind of sold as an action movie, like yeah. a you know, man goes to rescue his woman who has been kidnapped in the Amazon jungle. You know this sort of stuff. It was like Rambo, just yeah. a guy on the, holding a weapon. <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 I don't, I. I don't know. This I suppose this is what happens when you hand it to Jesus Franco, though he's like that. Yeah, I, I, I like this idea. Women's kidnapped, taken to tribes. People, I like that. Is there any way we can get tits and cock? Tits and cock in it? Is that is that okay? Oh, I'm a little tits and cock. 
want yeah, about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want about an hour, and they're like, really an hour? And he's like, yeah, well, it's cheaper than me going out and buying a magazine, you know, <laughs> a, a penthouse or something like that is cheaper. Um, and it just, it doesn't, it's so sporadic in what it's trying to do, and there are actual action sequences. One of my favourite is the double cross with the, the, the guns, um, yeah. where they start shooting at the guy who does about 17 forward rolls. <laughs> now he's he's he about he, he's about five steps away from the water, yet manages to do seventeen forward rolls and still not do you know what? the water. It's not like a commando. It is it is a forward roll that you do in PE at school. It's not a commando <laughs> roll. It's a proper forward roll. It's mental. The thing is, he's doing he's doing these for. These four rolls, and basically, you know, like when you watch a Jean Claude Van Damme movie, he has that amazing jump, spinning back kick, the flying one that yeah. he does. And in the yeah. early movies, the eighties movies, you watch Bloodsport, Kickbox, or whatever. When he lands that kick, it repeats it from three different angles, like in slow motion. <laughs> that's, that's basically what this forward. Yeah. This is what this forward roll is. It's the same forward roll, but it's like they shot it. For, it's like they almost used bullet time. Well, like, you know, like one of these rotating cameras, which didn't exist at the time. I'm giving them far too much credit. And then replayed it over and over again. This guy doing this oh fucking stupid... There's a reason you don't do that forward roll when someone has a gun. It's because all they have to do is just raise their gun slightly and they'll hit you. That's what I mean, you're rolling the... <laughs> you're like, I, I'm crouched just now, but I'm going to flail forwards. I'm going to do a star jump, see if you can get me. <laughs> Do you know what? There's a, there's a couple of scenes in this film where they literally replay the same shot, like you've just said with the Jean Claude Van Damme thing. Yep. Like they zoom in on the guy, and then you see exactly the same shot, almost like it's been spliced into the reel twice. It's, yeah, it's just like I don't. I mean, hey, it's funny shit. Like obviously, Bloody Moon was much better. Wasn't it? And obviously, that's yeah, the other oh, Franco yeah, movie that we yeah, they came it came after. Done, this, but... so did. Bloody Moon came the year after this. If memory serves, it was eighty one. I, I think this movie is this movie is ridiculous. I will tell you right now, this entertained the shit out of me. This is not a very good movie, <laughs> but it is so fucking random and so bizarre and so over the top and so nonsensical. Um, it, it's just fucking. I, I don't know, I laughed hysterically throughout this movie. Once again, I'm fairly sure that's not the intention of the movie, but I found it funny as fuck. I, it was really, really... It was, it's probably one of the most entertaining ones I've seen thus far in terms of just batshit craziness. I loved it. It is. I mean, the soundtrack's insane. Like the, the, just the, I don't even know if you can call it a soundtrack. Some of the noises that are just played in that film... So yeah, this is almost like a, a porn movie. I mean, the, like the definition of porn is not necessarily sex, is it? It's just when you when the camera specifically focuses on something kind of almost exploitative, just for the sake of it, rather yeah. than having any kind of intrinsic value to you know to towards the plot. So obviously that's why they call it like torture porn because it's torture for the sake of torture. It doesn't have anything to do with the plot. They're just showing gratuitous torture, and in a way, this is a bit almost like pornography because he will zoom in on a pair of tits. Hold hold the shot for 10 to 15 seconds, zoom in on a fanny, hold the shot for kind of five seconds, and it's just like he wants to make a porn. He's just indulging himself in nudity just for the sake of it. It bears nothing towards the plot whatsoever. You know, showing naked people in the film is fine, but zooming in on tits and just holding the shot for the sake of it, he's just obsessed, this guy. I mean, I think he did go on to make a, to make porn, didn't he, Franco? 
Yeah, um, essentially, I think he did. He had some relatively good success with exploitation and and you know kind of horror and stuff like that in the eighties. I think the, the the latter part of his career from the nineties onwards is basically all porn. And so that's that's what he did, and that's obviously where his heart was because some of his sixties and seventies work heavily rely on that kind of soft core sort of sensibility so I mean this totally makes sense to me when watching this movie yeah this is a, a, a Jesus Franco movie because there is a ton of tits in it yeah I think that's a, the official measurement of tits by the way is a ton of tits <laughs> a ton of tits he ordered three ton of tits for this film <laughs> oh my god so is he it, wanted it, four <laughs> they gave him three he had three ton of tits in there. <laughs> He's like, he's like, oh come on! They're like the, the best we can do is three, three ton of tits are all that will fit in the van, right? <laughs> so that's all. Uh, can... All right, then it's not what I wanted, but I'll settle. What was that. even better is like... got three ton of tits. He basically got three ton of tits for the price of two ton. <laughs> <laughs> and some penis as well. You've got some penis right in there for good measure. <laughs> so, so not, not my question, Andy. Uh, yeah. The yeah, yeah I, I'm going to go right out and say right now, this movie is <laughs> this movie is the definition of a slap on the wrists. It's, it's, there's nothing in it. There is no gore. There's yeah implied violence, yeah, but there's, there's nothing other than extreme nudity. <laughs> there's it's weird though, this. isn't it? Like, why why are people so offended by nudity? Why have the MPAA in America got such a problem with nudity? You can show someone being gratuitously murdered, right? But if you show some breasts, it's a fucking R-rated film all of a sudden. I don't understand what this big thing is with nudity in films. Why everyone's why why? I mean, British people are prudish, a lot, you know, like stereotypically. But why has everyone got a problem with naked people? I don't. I don't know. I mean, even further than that, though, the, you know, the British people are prudish. But if you look at our, our cinema historically, we were far more forgiving of the breast than, than, than American cinema was. I mean, you look at look at the Hammer movies. The Hammer movies. There's 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 a ton of tits. <laughs> you know, and yeah, but uh, it, it's it's a really we- it's a weird one. I think, and that's the thing when. When viewing this movie, once again, I'm in this position where I get the feeling that someone watched some of this, saw some tribes people in it, saw what they thought was explicit nudity, potential rape or whatever, and then they they at that point were like, "Nah, this is this is this is a no go for for no reason at all." This I think this is is evident when you said that this took four years to go on the nasty list. I think at this yeah. point they're clutching at straws. Definitely, it's got to be one of the last ones to be put on there. I mean, the thing is, with the, the there is a rape scene in this, right? But yeah. it's like the the film just so bad it can't it can't qualify for anything other than a slap on the wrist because uh, you know, for me, in my mind, I'd kind of thought, well, anything with a rape in it has got to be at least community service. Yeah. But it's just the way it's done. It's too shit the delivery of this film for it to qualify because it's got to be disturbing. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. a rape scene. You should you you'd think that any kind of rape scene should be bad enough, but it's not in this movie. Like it's just so unconvincing. It doesn't make it you know. It doesn't make it disturbing at all. Um, and like you say, I'm not putting anything on the list for nudity. Like never in a million years because it's 
fucking everyone's born everyone's born naked I don't, you know i mean the only thing that kind of might elevate it slightly is the fact that there's gratuitous zooms on a woman bent over but, you know it's still just a naked woman it's not like she's having a dump or it's not like you know she's someone's having sex with her or anything it's it is just a naked ass at the end of the day so for me yeah it doesn't it shouldn't be on the list and it's just a slap on the wrist it's just kind of a what i will say if there's like any young teenage boys listening whose parents have got like the the child filter switched on on their internet so they can't access porn get this up lads <laughs> you know if you want some tips because you can get this on youtube yeah get, so get this, movie, get this movie up and it will get you up <laughs> so what do you think they're definitely not on the list and slap on the wrist yeah, I'm 100% with you. I don't think in any scenario at all this deserved to be on the video nasty list and or it, it, this movie is... Its content is so tame in comparison to to some of the other stuff that we're going to be talking about in future episodes. And some of the stuff we've already talked about is definitely a slap yeah. on the wrists. Yeah. Cool. Ooh, right, one, one movie left, Andy. One left, one to go. Don't go in the woods. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to take a break just there. You're going to hear uh, another promo for a show on the Horror Failure Network and then some learned gentlemen talking about Don't Go in the Woods, or as it was known in America, Don't Go in the Woods Alone. Uh, we're going to take oh, a short okay. <laughs> Yeah, I never go in the woods alone. Uh, you, there's no way you can have fun. Definitely not in America so. anyway. I, like, I, I love how... Well, we'll talk about this when we come on live, but that's brilliant that they've added alone in America because obviously the American woods must be more notorious than the British ones. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to make sure it's not alone. You can go in the woods, guys, but not alone. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, so we're going to be right back after this. Well, Gary, here we are. Somehow uh, we made it through here. What? Where? Uh, we're, we're in the sequel, of course. Sequel? What sequel? Well, Sloppy Seconds, the movie sequel podcast. Come on, get with it. Oh, that's right. Our podcast is exclusively about sequels, where the budget is well, bigger. we don't actually have a budget. Get away from her, you bitch! But the action's more exciting? Uh, I don't know much about action. Hey, you got a like? Sure, man. Allow me, scum. The babes are hotter? Wait, there's babes involved? How about some of this? So tasty and hard and firm, and it just melts in your mouth. The kills get gorier and more extreme? Uh, kills? Did we talk about this? Uh, never mind. So find Sloppy Seconds, the movie sequel podcast, exclusively on the Horrorfilia Network. Because when all other podcasts are through, we're already thinking about part two. Here we have uh, Don't Go in the Woods. Not Don't Go in the Woods Alone. That's just the title on the sleeve. This was one of a run of don't titles. Uh, don't look in the basement. Don't go in the house. Don't open the window. Don't answer the phone. A few of these ended up on the nasties list, so maybe there was an idea that the don't there was something wrong with don't movies. Edgar Wright actually made a trailer for a film called Don't, which is in the American version of Grindhouse. And considering that you know this this went to jury trial at some points, there uh, you know ordinary people watching movies like this must have been more affronted by the lack of production values and the amateurishness of the filmmaking than by the the gore, which again it's it's gruesome. Lots of people get killed but not in a particularly uh, upsetting or, or terrifying manner 
Don't go in the woods. Something's out there. Something evil. Something so terrifying only screams can describe it. Hunters become the hunted. Every camper is fair game. When a walking nightmare turns a lush green forest crimson red with the fresh blood of each new victim. It started as a carefree weekend camping trip, but soon turned into an orgy of unrelenting horror. You can run, it will catch you. You can hide, it will find you. After that, you won't see the forest for the screams. Don't go in the woods. It's not just a warning. It's the only way to stay alive. And welcome back to our final movie review of this show. This one came out in 1981. In the UK, it was known as Don't Go in the Woods. In the USA, it was known as Don't Go in the Woods Alone. Um, this is uh, directed by James Bryan. Um, the synopsis as listed on the IMDb's is, and this is quite a lengthy one, uh, four young campers, Craig, Peter, Ingrid and Joni, backpack through the mountains for a relaxing weekend in the wilderness. They are out camping in broad daylight while someone else is killing tourists in the wood. Uh, Craig warns others not to go into the woods alone. Um, the hillsides are crawling with fat women huffing up hillsides, nerdy bird watchers and young couples, most of whom meet gruesome ends at the hands of a deranged and growling backwoodsman with a sharp spike who announces his presence by shaking the nearest branch and whooping. <laughs> the, <laughs> which is pretty much accurate. Uh, the happy campers don't see a man and his wife being chucked off the cliff while they splash about in the river below. <clears throat> they enter a forest which becomes denser and darker as they progress. Peter and Ingrid fear that they are lost. Something large suddenly comes lunging towards them with a gleaming machete. Craig slips, uh, slips dead to the ground as a machete cuts him up. Peter's and, Peter and others freeze, flee, screaming into the forest. Holy fuck, this is a huge synopsis. The rest of the day and, uh, and terrified night is spent running and hiding from the maniac murderer who, uh, murderer who is constantly in pursuit. Meanwhile, the local sheriff and his deputy decide they should start to investigate some of those disappearances so this movie is a slasher and I do like talking about the slashers on the list because most of them are well these are early early slashers 81's like right at the the kind of the the height of of the the influx of slashers there's a couple of things that make this movie pretty fucking special in my eyes Um, the first one is that the budget on it was next to nothing and basically, the director took a handful of people, walked the very Blair Witch style actually, just walked them into the woods and did whatever they could do with right. the minuscule budget. Yeah. Um, and it shows, it shows mm. this movie is cheap. This movie is so fucking cheap. Um, so basically, that's one of the things. The second thing is, I think the body count in this movie is fucking ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, this one, right from the start, it just, people are dying, and right to the very end, it does not let up from start to finish. I love the fact that it's, there's not much exposition, there's not much there's not much filler in this movie, other no. than, it's one, one hour, 20 minutes long, and it's pretty much does what it says in the tin. Anyone in the woods, you're going to meet the death at the hands of, 
what I will say is probably one of the worst slasher villains in history, though. It's guy. like he got lost on the way to the set of Hills Have Eyes, the original. Yeah, he's kind of, he's, he's like a patchwork villain. His yeah. clothes are just like all different bits of material. Did you ever read the, the thing, the, the book Stig of the Dump when you were a kid? Yes. This is what happened to Stig of the Dump <laughs> <laughs> when he grew up. Yeah, and he wears like rosary beads draped over his ears. It's fucking weird. His whole look is weird. I think that's one of the things. The first time you see him, it is quite unsettling. Yeah, because it takes a while for you to actually see the killer, and it is quite unsettling when when you finally get a glimpse of him. And it's only like a flash glimpse. It's not like a prolonged glimpse of the killer. And there's something quite. But the more the camera focuses on him afterwards, it's laughable. It is really quite laughable. Um. And yeah, I think um, the kills in this are actually pretty cool. I, I, I mean, they're not they're not like excellently executed, but the 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 premise of the kills are pretty cool. I love the fact that he basically he garrots a guy and flings him off a cliff. Um, he, he kills another guy by repeatedly like stabs him repeatedly, smashes his head off his his fucking. His small vehicle, his camper van vehicle, um, yeah. and then pushes the vehicle off a hill. <laughs> oh, did you notice this, right? The vehicle starts to roll down the hill. It's uh-huh. night time. Mid-roll, it's mid middle of the day. Yep. And then at the bottom of a roll, it's night time again. Yes. It, was, it, it went through time. It was travelling that fast. It must, it must have hit 88 miles an hour, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the worst continuity I've ever seen. It's literally broad daylight, mid-roll, and then it's pitch dark when it lands. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. And, um, and it's it's. I love the fact that the the, the police officers, the, the police officer, the sheriff in this one just does not give a fuck. No. He is he's a big, fat, lazy bastard, and he's just like that. He's like, yeah, oh, well, folks disappearing out there. Well, there be those critters, those animals out there. I I, I tell you, nobody animals out happens there. all the time. Happens like, all why the did- time. <laughs> Why did they change it from "Don't go in the woods" to "Don't go in the woods alone" in America? Like, why did they need to add that that little bit? On I the think, I think, I think there's two reasons, right? I think the first reason, and I don't know if this is right. I'm just going on Duncan's interpre- interpretation. I think one of the reasons is that there's a lot of movies on the list that have there was a lot of movies that came out at the time would don't go in the title, don't okay. go into the house, don't go, you know. So I think maybe they tried to make it even more. Standouts. Plus, I think that on some level, I think they may have thought "Don't go into the woods alone" seems more sinister than "Don't go into the woods." Yeah, I mean, one of the characters tells someone else not to go in the woods alone, doesn't it? At the beginning, old Captain Sensible, fucking Captain yeah. Health and Safety, who is so annoying with his neckerchief. Yeah, I, I get the I get the feeling that maybe someone's watched the movie and said that's the way we should be marketing this one. It is the more horror name. "Don't go into the woods" is not much of a horror name but don't go into the woods alone yeah you you can imagine the trailer you don't go into the woods alone you know that that sort of (laughs) thing a little bit better Uh, and the fact that someone in the movie says don't go into the woods alone that's in the trailer he's gone bingo (laughs) call it that that's the name of the movie Um, so I mean yeah like I say kills pretty funny um, but you know, I, I I like the fact that it is so for for the the tiny tiny budget this movie had. Uh, this to put things in perspective, this movie was shot on twenty grand. Okay. Um, so not a lot of money. Um, so the shot. I love the fact that they just basically 
they fucking throw every cheap gimmick. This is Evil Dead levels of cheap gimmicks at this movie yeah. to try and make it work. And I've got I've got a bit of respect for that. I don't always have a respect for my my opinion has always been that if you don't have the budget to do something, don't do it. Yeah. Um, because you know if it's if it's pure, poorly executed, I'm going to be more annoyed with you because you've put that in there. You know, it's yeah. one of the reasons I'm a, a big advocate against things like CGI blood or CGI fire, especially because you, it's very difficult to do that right. So yeah. it instantly takes me out of a movie. This movie doesn't do that, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. It's like clearly fake blood, and it's I, 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 that sort of thing. That it kind of makes it endearing that this movie is. I don't think for one second James Bryan was trying to make a serious movie. It's too ludicrous in bits I for not. me. Even. I kind of kind of want to think that it's he's kind of be uh, taking a more kind of kind of tongue in cheek approach. Um, but I love that, that that end sequence where where basically our killer ends up on the ground and is being pummeled in the chest. It's, it's terrible as well, because I'll explain why. He's being pummeled in the chest by a, a wooden spear yeah. and a machete, and it seems like they're both hitting off a rock, because this woman's got a machete, and she's hitting his chest bone, and it's not doing anything. It's just His torso's of, made of wood. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what that's, it seems like. Yeah. Um, and it, it, but I love the fact that you know when the police officers finally arrive, we get this pan round camera scene of these two people just going to town, just stabbing the fuck out of them. Um, yeah. It's fucking awesome, man. It's like that. I, I love things like that where you take. It's what is one of the reasons I think on some level, like when I watch movies like Eden Lake, for example, when when the characters finally do start to, when when one of them finally kills someone, fights back, it's that kind of twist of a character. From yeah. where they start to, you know, or where they ultimately end up, and this movie's like that as well. You take two of the most meek, mild mannered characters in here, and those are the ones at the end that are, are pummeling the shit out of this guy. Um, yeah, it's, it's ludicrous. It's a ludicrous fucking movie. It's enjoyable as fuck. It's absolutely. It's, it was so enjoyable that um, I am currently bidding on eBay for the '88 film uh, Blu-ray oh, release of this. Oh, is it on Blu-ray, is it? Yeah, 8-8 films have just put it out um, and it gets a really good write-up. Um, so oh, is that the people that did um, Toxic Avenger? Yep, they're, they're yeah, doing a ton of early slasher stuff just now. They're doing some Italian cinema on, under a okay. separate kind of thing, but they're doing a ton of obscure early slashers over the yeah. next like two, three months. There's like some really cool ones coming out. Um, okay. And this is one of them. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've already, I'm already bidding quite aggressively for a copy of this because uh, it was it was a fucking blast. What, what, what did you think? It was great. I mean, some of the characters in it were just some of the people we get introduced to. I mean, you talk about the killer having a weird image. Like, there's one guy that looks like he's wearing Liberace's curtains <laughs> as a fucking shirt. Like, there's another guy called Dick who looks like Mayor of London Boris Johnson, and he the one you know the guy <laughs> from the camper van. I've got a question for you, Duncan. Uh-huh. How the fuck did the wheelchair guy get to the forest? That is a there's, good question. <laughs> there's no wheelchair access in that forest, and he's struggling like fuck. Like, nobody who's that vulnerable, and I, don't, I just don't get it. It's just like a, someone in a wheelchair appears in the middle of the forest, and he can't manoeuvre his wheelchair. <laughs> like, did he just teleport there? How did he get there? Who's he with? 
surely someone's looking after him. He didn't get there on his own. So it's just these like really fucking bizarre characters that we're just introduced to. Um, I mean, a lot of the violence is, some of the violence is actually off screen on this. Um, and obviously some of it is on screen and it's pretty brutal. Like there's a really good sleeping bag kill that I'd say kind of rivals Friday the 13th. Really yeah. gory. Um, pretty awesome. But it's weird. Like every time someone gets murdered, there's like a weird sound effect, like of someone banging two spanners together. And then like there's some weird, like almost speeded up, like a hybrid of like the Jaws and the Psycho music. It done synth style. Yeah. So fucking bizarre. And like a lot of the people, when they're being brutally murdered, they sound like they're having sex. <laughs> I don't know. It's like some of the noises that come out of some of the characters' mouths, it's like some weird retarded farmyard. Yeah. It's so fucking bizarre. But that's just why it's so great, though. It's just... <laughs> It's like a fucking mental soundtrack, like just quirky, weird characters. It's like there's not really. I don't know why the guy dressed in pink is is climbing in a forest. I don't know where the wheelchair guy came from. I don't know who the woodsman is or where he comes from. It's just fucking brilliant. It's so random. This is definitely the best of the three movies um, that we've watched tonight. I had a really good laugh watching this. I, I can totally understand why you're bidding on the Blu-ray. I'd watch yeah. this again. I'd totally watch this again. Um, it's just a good old-fashioned, cheesy, like you say, early slasher movie. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I think I, there's there's not a lot we can talk about this movie because in, in the great traditions of most of the really cool slasher movies, it pretty much is what it is. It's, yeah. it's, it's a premise set up as an excuse to kill people off in inventive ways and this movie does it all. Um mm. it's not it's not the best slasher on this list of video nasties. Um there will be some still to come up which I which I think are, you know, a bit better, but it was fun. It was it was yeah. a whole hell of a lot of fun. Um so yeah, um I'll go first here again. Uh, I will say that once again this movie is just a slap on the wrist from me. Um what about yourself, Andy? Yeah, totally. Um, it's good fun. I mean, like it's it's just, it's got some good kills. Some of it's off screen, some of it's on screen. I mean, like you say, that bit at the end when they're just going fucking wild on him yeah. would be more brutal if when she's stabbing him with a knife, it's it would actually go into him rather than bounce yeah. off the bit of wood that he's blatantly got underneath his shirt. Yes. Um, so I mean, it tries really hard this, but uh, I don't know why. I don't. I don't know why people had such a problem with this movie. It's, it's not really got anything in it that I'd call nasty. Um, it's just a lot of fun, like you say. Um, it's not fooling anyone. You know, no one's going to watch this and think, "Oh, fucking hell, it's a snuff movie." Or, you know, it's, not, <laughs> it's just a bit of a laugh. It's just good fun. So, no, it's a slap on the wrist for me I'm, as well. Yeah, no, it definitely did not deserve to be on the list. Nah, I don't know why it's on there. I, I, I genuinely can't really understand why it's even on there. To be honest, I don't know. There's nothing in the name. There's nothing in the you know on the, the video cover from what I can see and the one I've seen that would suggest it's anything too brutal. I think it just probably got lumped in with some of the other slashes that made the list because there's a hell of a lot of slashes that have got more gore in this that yeah. didn't make it. Um, so yeah, this is just one of the unfortunate or fortunate, depending on which way you look at it, ones that you know that were lumped in onto the onto this ridiculous list that we've got. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, so we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to close out the show right after this. 
Banana Wazer is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hey, Wazelle, I think we should record a new ad for Banana Wazer. Great idea, Dave. We should say that Banana Wazer Horror Podcast is hosted by us and Alex. What? I heard my name. I think we should talk about the retrospectives. They've been a pretty big hit. Fucking Friday the 13th, Saw, Halloween retrospective. Yeah, man, I've heard people listen to that Halloween retrospective every October like it's tradition. Yeah, you don't say. Well, I shouldn't be surprised. I do, too. You listen to your own podcast? Yeah, uh, our shit is that damn good. Yeah, man, we should also say in the ad we hope to introduce horror fans to something new, whether it's a movie they haven't heard of or look at other films in a new way. Yeah, we could talk about our walking through the 80s specials we did when we covered the 80s movies. We could talk about rolling through the 70s. We could talk about you doing mushrooms. (laughs) Yeah, we can. Are you writing this down? Writing? What are you two talking about? Yeah, and the ad should say all the technical stuff, too. Like, you can find our show and its full archive on horrorphilia.com, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Um, Is there anything else? I don't think so. I think that's... Oh, hold on. We could talk about uh, Banana Bites, because no one else does it. It's uh, the in-between episodes. Yeah, all about horror news releases, and, of course, with our witty opinions and observations. Yeah, shit. Perfect, man. I think that should do it. This new ad for Banana Wazer is going to be awesome. Oh, that's what you guys are talking about. Can I be on it? No. <laughs> Banana Laser wins every time. And welcome back. So you've been listening to Doing the Nasty Podcast, episode number five. There has been reviews on this show of The Cannibal Man. We followed it up with Devil Hunter. And finally, Don't Go Into the Woods. Alone. Alone. <laughs> Alone. So, um, yeah, this has been a, a fairly rudimentary show. Uh, none of them got anything more than a slap on the wrists, and none of them did any time at all. No. Still, still pretty fun. Though. I like. I, I, I will say that the, well, the Cannibal Man is a very somber movie, and it is very much a slow burn movie, and maybe doesn't have the sense of humour of of uh, Devil Hunter and uh, Don't Go in the Woods. Um, I didn't dislike any movie this week, which once again is kind of it's kind of novelty. I didn't dislike any of the movies from last week, and um, long may that continue, yeah. sir. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, like I agree with you. The first one, if you're into kind of uh, you know if you're intrigued by early early kind of seventies Spanish uh, movies, give that one a watch. Uh, the second one, if you want to have a watch a film that's a bit like a weird fucking acid trip with for loads of tits, definitely watch the second one and the third one is just a really good slasher film so yeah none of it's been a chore um this week which is great okay so i'm actually looking forward to next week's as well um we've got the driller killer oh heavy hitter heavy hitter in terms of the name maybe not the content but in terms of the name driller killer's a huge name on the nasty list yeah and i really like this film as well um evil speak which i don't think i've seen oh man it's yeah it's i've i've seen uh, i've seen i think i've seen all three of the movies for next week um, what did expose? Does that go under a different name? Yes, it does. Um, oh, I knew you were going to ask me that two seconds. House on Haunted, some House on Straw Hill or something, is it? That rings a bell. That rings a bell. Okay, <laughs> I'm, gonna so I'm not sure if I've seen. So I'm not sure if I've seen that one or not. Um, so yeah, I am looking forward to that. Actually, the Driller Killer is uh, again one of the main kind of like you say heavy hitters because of that front cover. Yeah. They went all out with that, and that's so provocative. The image on that front cover. Yes, um, yeah, it's house house on straw hill, um, which has Udo Kier in it, um, and okay. I remember it from my days as 
track track down everything Udo Kier was in. Um, exactly. it's, it's worth it's worth noting, Andy, that um, for those out there that can't wait, can't actually physically wait to next week's episode, that Kiss the Goat have done a full show on Evil Speak, um, which yeah, you can check out on the same network as we're on. You can jump over and check out uh, Kiss the Goat, which I would say you have to do anyway. It's like one of my fucking favourite podcasts out there. Um, oh, yeah. They're big, big fans of our show, so um, they covered Evil Speak a couple of episodes ago, and their review is epic, and they have set a bar so high that me and you will never reach it, so we'll just have to do our version. We'll do our, yeah, we'll do our best. <laughs> so, my my friend, until until that time swings round until another fortnight passes another two weeks for our American listeners um, I think we should once again thank everyone for, for like seriously you guys are fucking awesome checking out the show um, we, such good feedback from everyone um, also Jason Lloyd our benevolent overlord at Horophilia thanks Jason um, he has fixed the standalone uh, iTunes feed for the show, so you no longer have to subscribe. Although I don't know why you wouldn't want to to the full Horophilia feed. If you just want to listen to Doing the Nasty by itself, if you type Doing the Nasty in the iTunes, you will get a separate feed with all our shows. And we did have that before, but it wasn't working. But it is working now. Cool. Uh, obviously, for me, like I said, my show is finally back up and running um, with our seventies episode. Um, which we're going to do a review of the thing for our 10 club. We're going to talk about Jewel from 1971 and we're going to talk about Dr. Fibes. Oh. So by the time this episode drops, um, that will be out. It is on a rival network, Legion podcast, but uh, we're all friends, aren't we? So oh, it's, it's, uh, all, it's all one big greater horror podcast. One big happy family. So go and check out us over on Legion. Um, that'd be great. Should probably just address the elephant in the room for anyone that pro- I'm sure people have noticed. My internet connection's been terrible. Um, Duncan's, <laughs> Duncan's been doing his best to kind of uh, catch up the last episode that was apparently really out of sync, and this episode, I'm so close to throwing everything out of the closest window. It's taken us about two hours to record what should have taken is about 90 minutes so uh hopefully my internet connection well i've said to you duncan if it's not working by next episode i'm going to go to a friend's house and, and record it there that's what you said kill them assume their identity and under uh, their their network <laughs> exactly dude yeah because it's driving me crazy but uh yeah thanks so thanks for bearing with us if we have had a bit of uh connection problems and crackliness at my end um, but yeah, thanks for listening. It's great. The figures apparently are really good for our downloads. So yeah, keep yeah. listening. Come and join the page. And keep recommending the show to people out there. If people yeah. don't know what the video nasties are, this is the perfect show to educate them. And at the same time, if you want to hear two guys in the UK talk about movies, some of them which are pretty painful to watch, um, <laughs> this is the show for that. Uh, yeah, yeah, so... We're here until November, remember, and tip your waiter. Uh, you can check out my other show, Podcast Under the Stairs, um, over on Legion Podcast Network as well, or just type in Podcast Under the Stairs on iTunes um, or Stitcher, and you can hear my show over there. Like Andy was saying, check out the Big Horror and Little Podcast. That that list of movies that's coming up on your next show is epic. You're like yeah, covering some funny. of my favourite in cinema. So... Yeah. Yeah, can't can't wait for that. And uh, until the next time we speak to you, uh, take care of yourself, guys out there. And uh, we'll speak to you real soon. You want to say goodbye, Andy? Bye, bye. Ah. Yes. Oh, oh. They were called nasties, and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen 
are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect adults as well. An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen the video, mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film.